0: The Property Pod. 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 Welcome to the Property Pod with MoneyWeb. The property sector is an ever-changing sector, and in this podcast series, your host Suren Naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property
1: industry. Hello, this is the Property Pod. My name is Suren Naidu, and on this MoneyWeb podcast show, we chat to leading CEOs, analysts, and developers in South Africa's well-established property industry. On this episode of The Property Pod, we are joined by Gavin Lucas, CEO of the only jse listed pure-play self-storage property fund, StorAge. The self-storage property market is thriving both locally and globally. But what's behind the boom? What about spiking inflation and interest rates? Will this fuel more South Africans' downscaling and thus requiring more self-storage space? We chat about these aspects and more with the head-on show of StorAge in this latest podcast. Welcome to The Property Pod, Gavin.
0: Thanks, Seren. It's great to be with you, and I'm excited to, to be having our chat today.
1: Gavin, StorAge has been one of the top-performing real estate investment trusts listed on the JSE. Give us a little background to the company, its growth, and what's behind its success since being listed.
0: Well, the story of StorAge is its a wonderful story. It's a good South African story of success of entrepreneurial success Um, and the story starts you know i was probably heading towards the back end of my first year of my accounting articles which i completed uh, here in cape town i'm a chartered accountant by profession and i quickly realized um, as i was starting on my journey of doing my articles that you know working as a professional in that field was never quite going to be enough for me My dad had a background in construction and property administration. He had been in construction for more than 30 years and then rounded off his career with approximately 10 years in property administration. And around the time that I was doing my articles, this was 2003, 2004, the property market, generally speaking, was starting to bubble. And perhaps with my dad's influence as well, I started to take note of that. And towards the back end of my first year, of my articles I actually pitched an idea to my dad who wasn't working at the time and my older brother uh, Steve Lucas who's the financial director of storage uh, Steve Lucas is six years my uh, senior I was following in his steps uh, in terms of uh, working towards becoming a chartered accountant by that stage he was already working in London as a chartered accountant and I pitched this idea to them essentially to leverage my dad's property skill sets construction skill sets and property administration skill set as well as um, my older brothers to potentially get him to invest some of his after-tax after earnings, his uh, sterling back into South Africa, and they both liked it. And it just so happened, one of the first opportunities that we identified to do a property development on, uh, and our idea at the time was to do a light industrial business park. It was in a suburb where I grew up in Cape Town called Edgemead in Cape Town's northern suburbs. It just so happened that after a a bit of preliminary research and very high level research, this opportunity to develop the site as a self storage facility presented itself. And we to and fro, and to cut a long story short, we ended up developing that property as a self storage facility. We came from humble beginnings. You know, both my brother and I put ourselves through university with student loans and the like. There were certainly no trust funds around in our family dynamics. And what we did was we came up with an innovative model to fund that development where we were, I think, the first in South Africa to sectionalize a self-storage facility. We pre-sold approximately uh, two-thirds of that scheme off plan. We did it in three separate phases. We used those pre-sales as the security with Standard Bank to essentially fund the development. And we then, what we did as the developer as well, we put all of our own profits. We left them in the scheme. And we then gave those sectional title properties together with the third-party investors the opportunity to participate in, on an ongoing basis in a rental, pool, which was managed by a company called StorAge. And that's how StorAge was born. It was a third-party self-storage management company, which then operated that facility on behalf of the owners, which included ourselves as the developers. And it went really, really well. Uh, and at that stage, so this is... You know, we opened the doors in Edgemead in October 2006. And by that stage, I had just completed my my articles in, in the Feb of 2006. Construction began around about that time. And we realized that we were onto something here. But as I said, it just went a little bit too, too well. And that said about a journey for us of doing a significant amount of research, in particular in the first world markets of The us australia and the uk to learn about this product called self-storage and one of the key takeaways that we got from that was we learned how to do an industry study and the telltale sign of a genuine market opportunity is very often when there is no hard data available on a particular sector so we learned how to do an industry study we traveled around staying the country over a number of months staying in formula one hotels we were on a very low budget and i've got great memories of it now and fond memories of it now, posing as customers. And we identified using the Yellow Pages, which at the time was the predominant source of new inquiries for self-storage facilities. So that's where the existing operators did most of their advertising. We sourced Yellow Pages books from around the country uh, covering South Africa's six main cities. We identified 120 self-storage properties in South Africa. And we then actually went and visited every single one of them. And the information that we gleaned from visiting those properties were, you know, each on their own, yeah, not perhaps particularly insightful or powerful. But when you put all of that information together, it told us a very, very powerful story. And it had allowed us to talk with a lot of confidence and conviction. Certainly, when we looked at what had taken place in the self storage sector in the likes of Australia or the UK or the US. It allowed us to understand what we believed would play itself out in South Africa over the next two or three decades. It just so happens that we're now you know almost two decades later and to a large extent a lot of that has played itself out so what we did was you know after putting that a if you want to call it a, a kind of a strategy piece on the sector in South Africa we essentially Put together a business plan which sought to position ourselves optimally as we believe capital from more formal established pools such as the listed space wanted to access this sector and other property developers wanted to access this sector so we wrote the business plan to position ourselves optimally and to be able to tap into that and looking back 16 years later it's played itself out pretty much verbatim Storage listed in South Africa in
1: November. I was going to ask about the listing and the growth since the listing as well.
0: Yeah, so so we listed the business in November 2015. Uh, November this year will be our seven-year anniversary from having been in the listed space. Storage is one of only 11 publicly traded self-storage REITs globally. We were the first and we still are the only self-storage Real Estate Investment Trust, which is listed across any of the emerging markets globally. And in that period, we've grown the property portfolio from 24 properties to 85 properties today, uh, with a further 15 properties in the pipeline. The portfolio is split with 55 properties trading in South Africa and a further 30 properties trading in the UK. And by value, the business is actually, it's uh, gone through the 10 billion rand uh, mark in, ter- in terms of total, uh, the total value of properties uh, in our portfolio. And that includes uh, properties which are in joint ventures in the UK. And in actual fact, by value, the business is now larger uh, in the UK than it is uh, in in South Africa. But, you know, going back to your original question and, you know, asking about maybe, perhaps some of the insights in terms of what's driven the success, and I think that, you know, there, there are many factors which have contributed to and have allowed us to be successful. But I think one of them that really stands out for me is that storage is a highly strategic business. We do our planning in five-year tranches. We're currently in the third uh, such plan, which will take us to 2025. Real estate or property, it's a long-term game where you want your portfolio to be, you know, in five or seven years' time. You need to understand that very clearly today. And albeit that those strategies are quite broad, they are also very detailed, so you know in both the u k and South Africa, we know exactly in which cities and suburbs where we want to place our product um, or we want to buy existing stock, and perhaps that's a bit more pertinent in the in the u k where the market's a bit more evolved and a bit more mature than in south Africa and we then put all of our effort into securing properties in those areas and so through, you know, being highly strategic, it allows us to be very disciplined. It also allows us to, to be able to, to, to turn down offers very quickly and not get distracted when things don't quite fit in in terms of that strategy. At the same time, you know, I would say that it's not quite, it's not restrictive, you know, um, but it does allow us to be highly focused.
1: The company is a niche or specialist property play focusing on self-storage largely or pretty much in South Africa and the UK, just on a softer side, not necessarily outside the business. But why has self-storage become so popular and is, in fact, continuing to boom?
0: Yeah, you know, the, the property market or the built environment, it continuously changes and it evolves in response to the needs of society. And quite simply put, all self-storage is, is it's the, the property market's response to the needs of society. And we live in the age of capitalism and consumerism where people have access to credit, you know, to a far greater extent than you know, previous generations of, of people. Uh, and this you know, applies globally. And as a consequence of that, uh, people have been acquiring more and more goods Whether people like to admit it or not, people become attached to their stuff. Their stuff is very important to them. Okay, And at the same time, what we have and what we see playing itself out globally, sure, to a different extent in different countries, but what we see is the densification of people's living and working spaces. At the same time, you have an upwardly mobile population. So what then happens is, and what drives demand for our product, approximately 70% of our demand and customer base is you and I, in our personal capacity, whenever there's a life changing event, it drives demand for our products and that life changing event can be positive or negative. You know, on the positive side, you might be doing renovations or alterations at your house. You might be moving with a partner. You may be having a baby. Okay. On the negative side, there could be a bereavement. There could be a separation, you know, as examples. And what then happens, people need to put their stuff somewhere and, you know, their people's stuff is really, really important to them. And, and as a result of this, it drives a, a very strong need for our product. The balance of demand comes from the commercial segment, typically small and medium-sized enterprises. And SMEs, and not just SMEs, but businesses love the product. And the reason they love the product is because of its flexibility, both in terms of the underlying unit sizes themselves You know, so it can be anywhere from a three square meter unit up to 30 square meter, up to 30 square meters and the flexibility of the lease contract. In theory, the lease is as short as a month so they can upscale and downscale not only the space requirements, but also they're not locked into long term leases so it gives businesses a lot of flexibility and it allows them to scale their business in accordance with their cash flow requirements and in terms of the underlying space requirements relative to where their business is at on that journey. So, you know, in South Africa, you know, albeit that we've been listed for almost seven years, at the time of the listing, we we in our own minds, we were very conscious of the fact that we were introducing a new subsector or asset class into the formal investment community in South Africa. And that being you know in the public publicly traded market on, on the Johannesburg stock exchange. And, Stock exchange. And we believe that it would take us about five years to just actually seed an understanding of our product. Yes, it's real estate, but you've got this deep operational overlay on top of the real estate. And it's short term leasing where we have you know, a churning book constantly. But at the same time, our income streams are evergreen because the underlying demand driven principally by our residential or domestic customers is so strong. Within within any given catchment area, you know, relative to the number of people living within that catchment area, there are always a set number of life-changing events taking place, whether the economy is booming, it's growing, or it's contracting. You know, so people's life-changing events don't know the economic cycle. And this is what allows self-storage to trade so well through different economic cycles. And so fortunately, we've been a beneficiary of that. One of the points I was going to make a bit earlier on is that there's a misconception that self-storage is, you know, it's all about storing people's boats and caravans and the like. And that just simply isn't true. Uh, Yes, we do store people's boats and caravans at some of our properties across the country. But that isn't the primary demand for our product. The primary demand for our product is, as I've described, these life-changing events. And those life-changing events are real. And people's stuff is, is really, really important to them.
1: Well, let's change tack a little bit. I was speaking to an analyst recently, and they touted South Storage as continuing to perform, especially because of those shorter lease periods, a lot more flexibility. They were talking about, you know, logistics being also another sexy sector, as it were, but they might come under pressure because of their long leases. And, uh, you know, with the global economy, some say those longer leases might come under pressure. But moving away from the technical side of it, it would be a remiss of me not to ask about your recent results. Can you give us some highlights from the group's last set of results, uh, full year results, which uh, came out in yeah. June?
0: So we were very pleased with our results, um, and we saw a, a continuation of uh, what we had reported uh, certainly for our 2021 financial year, and again uh, in this latest set of results. And you know, our distributable income per share was up by by seven and a half percent. Together with that, uh, and taking that into account, our total return for our shareholders for the full 12 month period to March. 22 or March this year came in at 16.5%. Uh, and what was driving that, and, and th- these are perhaps the, the key numbers actually for guys who, who are following our stock and and who understand uh, commercial property in South Africa, but our growth in same store or like for like rental income was up by 10% in South Africa and more than 21% in the UK, you know, resulting in a combined same store year on year growth, just over 12% for the business as a whole. Underpinning that and some growth, which came through in terms of some portfolio acquisitions, our balance sheet continued to be very robust. Um, it's been a hallmark as well of, of storages performance and history in the listed sector in South Africa. You know, So our balance sheet or our gearing or, or loan to value at year end came in at just under 28%. That was at 27.9% with just under 85% of our net debt uh, hedged for a further three and a half years, and and that has relevance just given the rising interest rate cycle
1: that we're in. Gavin, I may be a bit cheeky, here, but it's August. September is almost upon us. Uh, September is known for the spring cleaning part of the year. Does storage see an uptick in demand during this part of the year, or on the reverse, are there parts of the year where there's more demand compared to other parts of the year?
0: So Ren, you're quite correct in your initial assumption there. So you certainly aren't being cheeky at all. You know, so typically self-storage, and it varies from country to country, depending on the severity of their seasonal weather patterns. So in South Africa, yes, we have a mild climate, but what you typically tend to see is you see higher demand for the self-storage product in the spring and summer months, and Demand typically would taper off a little bit in the winter months as well. Now, in South Africa, we don't see the seasonal impact playing itself up nearly to the same extent as we do, for instance, in our UK market, where their weather does tend to be not quite as mild, certainly you know, summer relative to winter and, and so on. So what you tend to see is in the winter months in, in the UK, you definitely see a slowdown in demand on that side. But the converse of so that with our portfolio being uh, so nicely distributed and weighted between the two markets, you see that being offset by slightly stronger demand coming through in the South African business, and the converse in the South African winter uh, and and the uk uh, the uk summer. Now, what that seasonal dynamic also kind of belies is in actual fact, if you think about it like this in South Africa. Our seasons and our summer tends to be very much aligned with the calendar year, which is very much aligned with our academic year, the school year, uh, or the tertiary institutions and some. i.e. they're starting in Jan or Feb and they're finishing in kind of October, November, December. All right. So what you tend to see is, so even if you're going to have, for instance, uh, household moves or the household moving sector, or people are going to change jobs, often that coincides with our summer months but which coincides with the calendar year, all right? Whereas in the UK, their academic school year um, runs according, you know, along the timelines, it it kicks off just after their summer, so it's around about kind of late August, early September, probably late August, and it runs through to late May, early June, all right? And then in their summer months, you see a lot of moving activity. Likewise, their tertiary uh, institutions follow a a similar, similar pattern, And hence, you tend to get a lot of household moving activity in the summer months as well. So you definitely do see some seasonal impact playing itself out uh, in the self-storage sector. But in different markets, it will play itself out to a different extent. In South Africa, as I have said, we do see a seasonal impact, but it's not perhaps as pronounced as what we would see in some other markets.
1: We have to conclude. We're running out of time, uh, Gavin. Talking spiking inflation and interest rates now, we have the South African Reserve Bank repo-reach decision, the next MPC meeting, rather, in September. Will higher interest rates fuel more South Africans downscaling and requiring more self-storage space?
0: Well, you know, to to unpack that, you know, and to go back to some of my, my earlier comments, and that self-storage trades well throughout the different economic cycles because to such a large extent, it's driven by the underlying need which arises from those life-changing events. So whether the interest rates are going up or they're coming down, those life-changing events continue to happen, all right? On the commercial front, you know, the flexibility. So if some businesses are gonna have to scale back or they're under a bit more pressure, again, our product tends to do quite well. So indirectly, you know, I don't think that we would see, you know, any noticeable impact in terms of our trading dynamics. But, you know, and and that was where the indirect uh, comment came in. Ultimately, these factors do play themselves out in terms of the overall economic performance. So directly, perhaps no, but indirectly over you know a slightly longer period of time, yeah, you, you would see it playing itself out.
1: Gavin, we will have to leave it there. Thanks so much for your time. That was Gavin Lucas, CEO of Cape Town-based Storage Property Rit.
0: Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. Brought to you by Asset, South Africa's leading digital commercial property magazine. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app, and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod Pod. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.